This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. No days off. No The Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest ball. <laughs> with Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This you microphone week. put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal. Oh, Hannibal. 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 Oh, Mr. Fight. On WEEI.com. Podcast draft edition. This is the Pass Catchers podcast, uh, wide receivers, tight ends, which is timely because we had the news of Julian Edelman retiring on Monday. So I think it's pretty safe to assume that the Patriots will be in the mix for a wide receiver, potentially at the top of the draft. So it's actually a good day to talk about the wide receivers. So we have Chris Scheim on once again and Andy. So let's get your uh, thoughts on the overall wide receivers class. Uh, Locked and loaded, locked and loaded. Like I think there is, I mean, obviously people are familiar with some of the big names, but I think this, as it is every year, as it has been for the past few years, it's like every, well, last year was a historic class, but this year looks pretty good too. This could be pretty special. And, you know, I buy into it, you know, Jamar Chase and Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle up the top and then straight through the rest of the first round, second round, third round, as we've seen in recent years, just because a guy goes in the first round doesn't mean he's going to be the best receiver. Um, I think there's going to be some significant talent that goes uh, elsewhere in the draft, but just starting near the top. Cause I do think it's funny. We're doing pass catchers, wide receivers, tight ends, two of the biggest needs for the Patriots hitting the post hitting the uh, off season. I think we would now say, thankfully tight end is pretty much no longer a need based on the two high profile free agent signings and John U. Smith and Hunter Henry, but also you still probably hope you get something out of Devin Asiasi in last year's draft class. So uh, in a very weak tight end class, we can kind of forget about that, but Wide receiver, even though they signed a couple, I'm not sure there's anybody that thinks that that position is solidified and then you remove Julian Edelman. So I still target it as a potential first-round selection. And for me personally, Shime knows this back to my old days when I used to do the old Dale and Keefe show. I love me some Jalen Waddle. I would love to see Jalen Waddle in a Patriots uniform. I think he's a playmaker. I think you add him, by the way, to the mix of Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry where he can kind of get lost a little bit in those Tyreek Hill comparisons where it's catch and runs, big plays, dynamic playmaking. I think Jalen Waddle was the best Alabama wide receiver to start the season until he got hurt. And then obviously Devontae Smith took over and had one of the great seasons in the history of college football. But if I were going to say a realistic, I think realistic, I don't know. Some people tell me he could be gone by the sixth pick in the draft, but Jalen Waddle's my guy, damn it. I think a lot of people have him out of the top 10 just because of the influx of how many quarterbacks are going to be taken and things like that. So I think it's realistic to say that Jalen Waddle could go 15, whether it's to the Patriots or not. I think there's a definite possibility that he could go anywhere from 10 to 17, basically. Um, And and I think he kind of, if, if there's a first-round receiver that fits the Patriots mold, it would be Jalen Waddle. And the fact that he can also be an electric punt returner, which is something that Belichick 
appreciates. I mean, granted, he has Gunnar Olszewski, who is technically an all-pro punt returner, but Jalen Waddell is What do you mean, more... technically he is? Technically, you hate I him. I know he is. I know he is. But, like, come on. I mean, the, the difference between Gunnar and Jalen Waddell is that Jalen Waddell's uh, punt is returning ability player, is, not... no, it, the, there is so much explosiveness there that Gunnar Olszewski lacks. He's much more like the Julian Edelman mode where he's kind of shifty and he's gritty and he's going to grind it out for every yard he can, but he's, he, and he's, he's not going to turn the ball over, right? He does Hater. his job, which is why Belichick probably loves him. Um, What's that I see in your bottle there? Is that Haterade you're drinking? Yeah, totally. Hater. Haterade. The difference Definitely. between the two is one has done it at the damn NFL level as an all pro, and the other is a projection. I never said that Gunnar Olszewski was bad. I'm just saying Jalen Waddle can do more than just return punts because you can incorporate him into your offense in a way that is right. very dynamic. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I, I think without a question, like my favorite player in this entire draft. I've said it all along that I think Jamar Chase is the best player in this draft overall. Better than Lawrence, better than Pitts. Jamar Chase is my guy. Like, this guy, he plays like T.O. and he looks like Reggie Wayne. Like, it's like he is so dominant at the catch point. He is physic. He just physically mauls people. And he, he doesn't seem – he plays way bigger than he is, right? He's 6'1", 200 pounds, but he plays like he's 6'5", 250. Like, he just muscles everybody. And uh, I just – I love this kid. I think there is – this. somebody said that it's, like, rude to say that he's the best receiver since Julio Jones to come out of the draft. I disagree. I think that's a great, great thing to say. And I think it's fair because I, I can't think off the top of my head a first-round receiver that's come out of this draft that looks, prospect-wise, as good as he does since Julio Jones. Well, certainly Jamar Chase – Part of the issue is he sat out this year and therefore it's kind of the forgotten man syndrome or whatever. Sure. But I mean, he had a silly year two years ago and mm -hmm. I agree with you. He's a little bit weird because if you look at him on paper, he plays bigger than his measurements. Yes. And I also don't think he plays to his 40 time. He runs a four, three 40. And That's I don't right. personally see a four, three 40 when I watch him, which mm -hmm. is not a shot. It's just, he's a great package that leads to production. Mm -hmm. It's just a, if you, if you just went on pro day numbers and measurements, I think you might be misled a little bit. Uh, but he is a he's an elite talent, and I don't think you're wrong that he's the best receiver to come out since Julio Jones, best prospect, total package um, of what he can do. I've seen some Devontae Adams comparisons for him, different guys out there. But yeah. I, I like his hands. I like his 50-50 balls, contested catch, you know, physical domination. Like, I think he wants to dominate people. I think yes. he has that T.O. type. Yep swagger or you know inner core to win battles um the only reason i didn't mention him is because uh, they don't have a shot in hell of getting him no nah, there's no chance um he but is he, he's just a fun prospect great prospect don't want to take and certainly a more complete prospect than the next two bama guys agree you know we talked about jalen waddle Devonte smith is interesting in that he's the opposite of jamar chase he's the recency bias because yes. he's been so great so recent and I didn't even know this. He was the first uh, player in awards history to win the Heisman, the Maxwell, the Walter Camp, the Bolitnikoff, and the Paul Horning Award. Like, no one else has ever done it with the season he just had. I think he's good. I think he's overrated. I, I, I know people think I'm a hater. I just – I thought the scheme was phenomenal. I thought Sarkeesian did a great job getting them, him the ball in space, taking advantage of his abilities – Obviously, his quarterback, Mac Jones, did a nice job getting him the football. I mean, you, you certainly can't poo-poo 
the production and the way he blew up after Jalen Waddle went down. And he kind of like he's been a playmaker forever. Remember, he caught didn't he catch the winning pass in like the the, the national first, title? Yeah, as a freshman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, as a freshman. And back then, he was behind Ridley and Rugs yep. and all these other guys that have have come through the system. And I've seen comparisons to Ridley because yes. they're both really skinny. And I'll be honest, that doesn't really bother me. I mean, I've seen Marvin Harrison's of the world, really skinny receivers. Yeah, don't be an idiot. No one to get down. Those guys, you know, you, if you catch a slant and there's a safety coming, get your ass down and take the four yards or six yards or eight yards and, you know, live to fight another day. But I think those three, Waddle, Smith, and Chase, are the cream of the crop. I think okay. there's – that's where there's like a line of delineation to the next group of receivers. So would you say if the Patriots take a wide receiver at 50, it would have to be basically one of those three, but really one of those two? Yeah. Jamar Chase, I would pull out because I don't think you have a shot in hell. He's not making it out of the top seven. It's not even close. So, yes, it'd be one of the Bama guys um, because I don't think any of the others are really good value there. Now, Mm -hmm. wide receiver value, if they traded down and made some moves down into the 20s, okay, we can have a separate consideration. And I'll just say one thing, the, the, the Jalen Waddle comparison that I think is both scary and ridiculously enticing for Patriots fans is obviously who's the playmaking speedster du jour in the NFL right now, Tyreek Hill, mm-hmm. and that's the comparisons. The problem I would say is that's not fair to him. Tyreek no, Hill no. is different than anyone I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And to compare him, like you set up un, unrealistic expectations or hopes, I would just say go a step down and just say elite playmaker, game changer, athlete. And you know this, the the knock against Waddle is he's never really done it. <laughs> he's no. he's mm-hmm. never been the guy. This was the year he should have been the guy. And, he was and then obviously Saban got pissy with him because he got hurt pulling a kickoff out of the end zone. It was like, hey, he should have kept it in the end zone, which I didn't care for at all. But um, there's a little bit of a projection there because he's never been – the hundred catch, thousand yard, like go to guy for a full season, even at the college level. Never mind when you start talking about 16, 17 NFL games. But I don't know. I got to tell you, if there was one player that I think would make the Patriots draft party peeps jump out of their seats, I think that's the guy. Yeah, I um, I think Jalen Waddle, like I think a more fair comparison to, to really kind of understand the way he would play in the NFL level, at least the way I see it, is more like a T.Y. Hilton, right? Like if you get T.Y. Hilton there out of Jalen Waddle, you're happy, right? You're getting a consistent 1,000-yard receiver with really good speed, really good route running, and a guy that's really going to make your offense better. Um, and then I think with Devontae Smith, I think all those – questions about him being too skinny are somewhat overblown right that like the idea is, is that he's so skinny he's gonna get manhandled the line you just pray press on him all this stuff but if you watch him off the line of scrimmage this guy is like a wizard off the line of scrimmage he gets off clean every time whether that's schemed up or he does it himself he's able to get off the line of scrimmage clean so like even if you try and press coverage him like he's smart enough he understands the position to a degree that he understands how to separate from a corner that's on him on press coverage. Now, is he going to have some issues, especially going over the middle of the field? Maybe. I, I, I don't know that. Like, I can't predict that. But I think some of those things are a little overblown. I also don't think he's going to be a superstar. Um, but I think he could be like a solid, solid production guy, right? If, if you're the Patriots, do you prefer one over the other? Well, I, for me, it's Waddle. All day I, long and twice on Sundays. I think the Patriots should prioritize Waddle over Devontae Smith. I think just 
fit wise, I think he fits better, especially with what you already have. Um, I just, I don't see Devonte Smith working the way this offense functions. But right. they also probably won't have to pick. There'll probably True. only be one left. There's probably going to be two that go. Mm-hmm. I mean, depending on trades and what they do, I think everybody would assume if they trade up, they're probably trading up for a quarterback, not a wide receiver. But that decision, it's a little bit like the quarterback position. Some guys are going to be gone. You're picking from the rest. Receivers are going to go. You're picking from the rest. Um, speaking of the rest, I think a, a guy I was just actually seeing some people kind of write up. Um, so, so the next tier, I would say, Rashad Bateman, uh, Minnesota, uh, Tony, Kadarius Tony, Kyle uh, Trask's guy from Florida would be in the conversation. I'm interested, Chime, to see what you think, because I just saw somebody writing up Bateman as should be a first-round pick, you know, could get into the first round. I am not – I'm not a big fan of Bateman. Really? Yeah, no. I, I To me, he looks like a, tip, uh, like a college receiver who is really good in college, and I'm not uh-huh. sure his game's going to translate. Um, I don't think he's – Overly quick or overly fast. And that nope, always scares me. Always scares me. If you don't have one, or I don't need both, because if you have both, now you're a Hall of Famer. But I need one, and I, I don't know that he has either. But, but I look at the top four of the best receivers in football right now don't have either of them. Like, you look at a guy like Devontae Smith. He's not blazing fast. He's not super quick. He's just yep. big and strong. DeAndre Hopkins, big and strong. Uh, Michael Thomas, big and strong. Uh, and uh, the guy that I comp Rashad Bateman to is Keenan Allen. He looks just like Keenan Allen to me. And, and in my opinion, I think that's an end-of-the-first-round guy I would target. Like, if I'm a team like Buffalo to compliment a guy like Stephon Diggs, I want to draft a guy like Rashad Bateman. It's a possession guy. He's a crisp route runner, pretty good hands. He's not going to burn you downfield, but he can make the play. Like, if he gets past the defense on a blown coverage or whatever, he's going to make the play. Um, but, like, he's just a possession receiver. I think kind of like my low-end projection is similar to that Dion Branch mold where he's just going to get open and catch the football. And then, like, high end, you're looking at Keenan Allen, perennial 1,000-yard receiver. But he's never going to be – he's probably never going to be an all-pro, right? I'm not going to – I'm not going to – no project him that high but like I I think Keenan Allen is like a respectable ceiling uh for a guy like Rashad Bateman and if I'm getting Keenan Allen at the end of the first round I'm stoked you hold it against him that he opted out after what five games no we talked talked about that last week like is it I do but if you do that you're like I just started going through others JC Horn okay you're gonna eliminate every good player that opted out midway through the season you're gonna really narrow down and cut down your draft board and probably eliminate really good players who don't deserve to be eliminated. No, for me, it's pure talent. Now, if you mention a team like the Bills, 100%. If he wants to go be a two, because I think he can be a two. I think he's great too. One, but if I'm taking a receiver in the first round, I'm looking to hit a home run. I'm looking for a one. Now, the Bills might be an example where that would be good value for them. That would be a guy that would fill out their offense and really help take them to the next level. And then the other thing I would say – is I kind of agree with you, but when you've proven you can do it in the NFL without being elitely quick or fast, I give you credit for that. But the problem is I'm already questioning it in college. You know what I mean? And yeah, there's that trans. Like, for example, we've gotten very intimate with one in New England who was neither quick nor fast, was a possession receiver, a beast of a receiver until he wasn't. You know why? The 11 guys on the other side of the ball got better. 
the guy in front of him got better. So it's, it's easier at the lower level to beast people. Like it's that classic transition from high school to college, college to pros where you can get by, you're good enough, you can bully, you can do whatever, but then can you do it when the athletes are bigger, stronger, faster, that cliche. I like Tony. I think Tony as a first round pick would scare the absolutely living crap out of me because I don't know exactly what he is. But after that, I would be so excited to get him because I think there's a chance he is going to be a super fun NFL playmaker. I like, yeah, I think he has the total pack. Like they joke that he had the strongest arm on the Florida team. He's a former quarterback gimmick guy, which we all know Bill loves to throw the ball with his wide receivers. So, and we also know Bill has always lusted after like Percy Harvin types. Like, exactly. That's exactly what I was game, thinking. Right. And, and he never necessarily got the ones he wanted. Didn't work out, whatever. I could see Tony looking at, I mean, Bill looking at Tony and saying, oh, I could have fun if he got past the first round. Not in the first, I'm not saying first round, but later. The yep. one thing that would concern me. Off-field issues? Well, not, not just off-field issues. There's, um, you do a little reading on him, and there's a lot of people believe that he's more dedicated to his, quote, rap career than his football mm, career. Not as, great. Uh, I believe his name is Young Joka as a rapper. <laughs> um, See, I do my research. I got to find out about these guys. And you, got, you dig deep, huh? That would, that would concern me. And I can't see Bill wanting a guy, even that he has a lot of talent that he feels may not be all in on, on his NFL career. But he's a fun playmaker. Yeah, yeah, I you're agree. Right. You're I, right. Young, young Joker. <laughs> I think from an on-field specific standpoint, I think Tony is much more a Patriot mold receiver than a guy like Rashad Bateman. I think Rashad Bateman fits better in a lot of other systems. Whereas Tony, he's just – the way I comped him is just like a faster version of Jarvis Landry, right? He can kind of X factor it. He can, he can get the ball short and he's going to be great after the catch. You can might even be able to throw him in the backfield a little bit, yep. swing passes, screens, yep. all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, and he's just so quick and so explosive. Um, and, and the cool thing too about him is he's not afraid to be physical. There's just not a whole lot of weight to throw around is I think is his issue, but like that, that whole mentality of being a slot receiver in the NFL going across the middle of the field and taking those shots, he's not going to be afraid of that because he doesn't fear the physicality of other players, um, which I think is a big plus in his favor. But again, this, his rap career uh, may be a bit of a roadblock for someone like Bill Belichick. Elijah okay. Moore is another guy. What are your thoughts on him? Uh, is a, another, not to bring up another former LSU guy, but again, I felt like he was very Odellish. Right? A little bit smaller, but like he is a big play waiting to happen. Like you get the ball in his hands and he could just go to the house or he could just run past the defense. I feel like it would be he's he's a really exciting guy, but he's at the point where I can't tell with his size is if he is gonna be good enough to play specifically um like like a normal number one NFL receiver, right? I don't know if he's going to be able to move from the slot to the outside because I don't know if he can play dedicated in the slot at all. Like it, and then if you're only playing outside, he's limiting what he can do. And, and so it's a real big question mark for me exactly where he would fit in in an NFL style offense. Yeah, I think he's in the same mold. And I actually think there are a lot of these guys mm -hmm. that if you're beholden to what you just said, hey, uh, what is he in our scheme? You're sitting in your, with your scouts and your assistant coaches, and they go, I'm not really sure. He's fast. He can do this. He, like, if you're beholden to, I need a slot receiver, I need an outside receiver, whatever, I think there's a lot of these guys you wouldn't like. Um, 
I think he's intriguing. Now, he's small, you know, at 5'9", 180 pounds or whatever he is, but fast, productive, explosive, run after catch, the kinds of things you need to be if you're going to play at 5'9", 180 pounds. Yep. But I also, I also don't know. It's As we move away from the era where you went Troy Brown, Wes Welker, Julian Edelman, I don't know that there's a next in line at that true slot position in New England. There isn't. And, it, you know, we've talked a lot about the evolution of the Cam Newton offense or the Josh McDaniels modern offense. I think there may be a, a something to be said for you're not – like, Gunner is not that guy, in my opinion. Like, if we wanted to be cliche, he would be the next white slot receiver in line, returned punts first, then got in as a – like, he's not the guy. And you have Jacoby Myers, who's more of a – possession get open certainly doesn't have the quickness and the route running ability in that sense of the the Welker Edelman guy but if they're getting away from that then I think guys like Tony or Elijah Moore might be a little bit more enticing to them as undersized slot playmakers big play guys borderline you know motion into the backfield move them around then you get into the Tyreek Hill comparisons where you're trying to find the guy it's not just oh he's lining up in the slot and he motions across like Julian Edelman did forever um, so I, I actually like Elijah Moore as a little, you know, again, third round pick, late second, somewhere over there, just as an athletic playmaker. But there's a bunch of those guys, like the yes. the Rondell Moore kid out of Purdue, got everybody all jazzed up because he ran a what four three at his pro day, four three one. Again, five foot. I believe he actually measured five seven, which is getting a little. Now we're in uh, <laughs> JJ Taylor, like, wow, you're really small kind yeah. of land but again if you can run if you can beat people after the catch uh side note on him romeo langford's best friend rondale moore oh, Celtics, didn't know that. Uh, yeah. um hey i just try to give you hey you want my nugget on uh, elijah moore yeah give you me your knew, nugget on elijah moore you knew elijah moore before you knew elijah moore because he famously urinated on the pylon after a touchdown a couple years ago and it was a highlight scene everywhere he got down on That's all fours amazing. like a dog and lifted his leg and pissed on the pylon so I remember <laughs> everybody That's remembers amazing. that and by was the that, way that's used that's used as question his maturity okay he did a dumb thing it was a stupid celebration but he didn't like i mean in this day and age of guns and sexual assaults and all these things if pissing on a pylon is the worst thing a player does sign me up yeah okay yeah i um i felt like rondell moore again a little short, a little on the short side, but I felt like I felt like he he the way he plays is more traditional slot, right? Like it's more traditional NFL slot than a guy like Tony or yes. a guy like Elijah Moore. Um, and so I felt like he might have an opportunity to fit in uh, in a lot more places uh, than those guys. But I don't he's think little he, <laughs> he fits in a uh, lot of places. Uh, but the leg room. <laughs> But I also don't think that he's necessarily going to succeed. I mean, this is also a guy you have to take into consideration. Hasn't played a full season since 2018. Nope. So, uh, like, that's something that's – especially if you're going to be playing slot in the NFL, that's something you need to take into consideration. Uh, do I, I – I think he's fine. Like, he's worth a late second-round shot maybe, early third-round shot. I don't see a problem that's with that. But, like – yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna jump at him like I am some of these other guys, but um I, I don't hate him for sure. Okay, a couple others. So we've talked about kind of some of the smaller guys, faster guys. 
I want to get your opinion on a couple guys, again, in that range, second, third round. Uh, Terrace Marshall out of USC, I mean, uh, LSU, six foot three, 203 pounds or whatever. Uh, I didn't love him. Um, I just, he, he, he has to live on upside because he hasn't really done enough to me to show like what he is. And that's too early for me to be looking at those kind of guys. Another one, similar mold is uh, Nico Collins out of Michigan, who tell you what really scares you about three different scouting reports. I read compared to Nikhil Harry. So that right there is scary, but six foot four, 215 pounds. And it's funny because I actually liked what I saw about him, but he's never really been productive. He's basically been like a red zone target, some scores inside the 20, that type of thing. But those are two big guys that I feel like you're going to get drafted before they should. Yeah, I think Terrace Marshall probably will get a draft a little before he should, just because of the LSU pedigree of receivers lately. Like, I think they've all been good. But at the same time, when I was watching his tape, he plays like Justin Jefferson. Like, yeah. he plays very similarly to Justin Jefferson. Uh, I think he gets muscled off the ball a little bit too much. Um, but, like, he has good speed, not great. He's definitely not a Patriots-style receiver. That, I can tell you, if you're a Patriots fan, don't. Don't even expect it. Um, but I think overall he's a decent receiver. Again, another guy that should be should probably be taken somewhere in the middle third round. Might get drafted a little higher because he's coming from LSU, and LSU guys have just played really well of late. But I don't think he's uh, – he doesn't excite me um, like some of the other guys in these later rounds do. Okay, another popular name I want to throw out there because I feel mm-hmm. like we always have – there's guys that people fall in love with, and this guy actually is comp to another guy that Patriots fans fell in love with and wish they had gotten, but they didn't. But Amari Rogers, Clemson, um, slot receiver, non-traditional slot receiver, I would say, if you're thinking about the super quick little short white guy that we just talked about, that is Julian Edelman, let's say. Mm-hmm. Five foot nine, two twelve, but four five one forty. I don't think he's gonna ever stun anybody by his quickness or his speed or his athleticism he's but twitchy as they would say and productive like he's yes, been a very guy so. that was very productive if people don't know he's t martin's son um did you know he was actually amari rogers two-time tennessee mr football which surprised me tennessee's like a legit state to win it back to back and t martin was one of the guys drafted before tom brady correct i yep. believe he was he's also the guy that won the national title the year after peyton manning left tennessee he won a national title there, and Peyton Manning was not able to do it. He's now a coach. I forget where he coaches, but he coaches somewhere. Um, definitely a family of, of athletes. But, you know, all ACC, obviously, you know, had a great rapport and a long run with Trevor Lawrence at Clemson. Um, for his purposes, if he landed in New England, he might take a drop in quarterback play. A little uh, bit. Right out gates. Um, but a, a lot of buddies of mine, people like Tech, like, for some reason, Patriots fans seem to have latched on to Amari Rodgers as a possibility. Of course, just because they saw him play as much, probably. Uh, uh, sure. Uh, yeah, I don't really know the answer. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think. I mean, I think Fitzy's been one of these guys too that's been riding the Amari Rodgers train. Um, but like, I get it. Like, I understand why people like him. He kind of fits that Patriots slot yep. receiver. He's gonna shift all over the place. He'll catch balls yep. over the middle. He'll get down. They. Like, they're questioning his catch radius, but, I mean, when you're playing for a quarterback like Tom Brady, that probably wouldn't have mattered because he's going to hit you square in the numbers. When you're playing with a guy like Cam Newton, that's going to matter. Right. Um, so, I, I, again, I think, it's a, I, think, I think ultimately his success is going to be a fit thing, right? Like, if he gets drafted by somebody like Tampa Bay, I think he's going to be great for them. 
But if he gets drafted by somebody like New England, who has Cam Newton playing quarterback, there's going to be some questions with his production, at least early now. on. For now. Yeah, for now. That's what I said. At least yeah, early on. But I think there's some potential there. I think he is, he's definitely one of the guys I rank higher in these later rounds. Um, yep. I, I just think overall he has the, the talent and the ability to, to succeed at the next level in a specific role. Is he a starting slot, like high, you know, top three receiver in the NFL for his he team? Like, is he- yes, absolutely. I think he could be too. I also like how he runs. Um, mm-hmm. I think he was a high school running back. He definitely has a little bit of a running back mentality when he gets the ball in his hands. He's yep. not necessarily one of those little get down guys. Like we talked about Devonte Smith probably needs to be. He's more of a, yeah, I can break some arm tackles and turn this yeah. upfield and make something, make something happen. So I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate it at all. No. Give me some names like at the back end of the draft that you know you keep your eye on. I am ready. I am I, so ready. I didn't think I was going to like this guy because I knew nothing about him. I'm not sure I know how to say his name. Stanford, six foot four, two hundred and twenty-two pounds. Simi Fahoku, Fahoka, Fahoku. I don't know how to say his F E H O K O. Um, he's a bigger receiver, obviously, but he's. Stop me if you've heard this before. Sneaky fast, I think. I think he has more playmaking ability than you might expect. Comes from that Stanford pro-style offense we hear so so much about lately because of Mills and how he's getting pushed up the the, the quarterback, obviously, the draft class. Um, was a stud in high school, little older, one of those uh, religious mission guys. Actually did his right after high school. So he's going to be like 24 years old when he enters the NFL. And then he- Jiminy Christmas. Sorry, I didn't read it like older players. Yeah, like um, I think he cracks the ball really well. Um, I think he's sneaky quick. I mean, if you told me the Patriots took him on the third day of the draft, I would say you might have just got a sneaky wide receiver depth guy that could – I'm not saying top three. This is a four yeah. or a five, but a four or a five who could contribute down the road. Yeah, so uh, my guy is Tylen Wallace out of Oklahoma State. I loved watching this kid play. He is an absolute contested catch monster. He wins like everything, uh, yep. and he seems like a he seems like a grinder, but with massive big playability. Um, he kind of he's slow off the line, but like once he gets moving, he flies. This kid absolutely flies. Uh, I loved watching him play uh, compared, especially like a lot of these other guys can just be like, they're boring. They're simple. They don't do anything that excites you. Like as a late round guy, Tylen Wallace excites me. Uh, I think he has the, the only issue I see is that I also see some Nikhil Harry in him where they're like, Ooh, he's really good at the catch point. Ooh, he can beat a guy one-on-one. Ooh, he can win these 50, 50 balls. Um, but I think the thing he has over Nikhil Harry is that he can be really fast. I just think he needs to work uh, getting off the line of scrimmage. And, and I think that's something that can be learned in the NFL. So uh, Tylen Wallace would be the guy that I would love late in the draft. What do you think um, of the – do you have any more? Because I was going to ask like a Patriot-specific question. Well, there's another guy that I think we should just talk about because he's been all the rage with the Phil Perrys and the Fitzies of the world. Um, Dwayne Eskridge, Western Michigan – um he played corner for them wide receiver for them two-way player gunner on uh punt team does some returning and i think people have fallen in love with that idea oh he does it all so he's a he's a julian edelman and he is five foot nine 190 pounds not huge um i actually kind of liked watching him 
watching the various highlights and, and the footage of him. 4.3940, so in terms of track speed, he has elite kinds uh, of speed. Um, kickoff returner, as I said, is explosive. Now, because he did everything, he's never done one thing at a high level. I think he had like 38 catches in his best season in terms of production. Um, so kind of a jack-of-all-trades, you know, a, no, no disrespect to where we started, but like an upgraded gunner type where he'll do anything you ask him to, return punts, return kicks, you know, cover kicks, that kind of thing. I just know he's been a little bit of a um, – I don't know if it's cult hero would be the word in the pre-draft process for potential Patriots. So Dwayne Eskridge of uh, Western Michigan. And then there was one more kid I just actually watched a little while ago that I didn't love that got a little buzz from South Dakota state, Cade Johnson, um, obviously South Dakota state, a lower level of football FCS. Um, they didn't play this year at all. So he's a year off kind of guy, but two 1200 yard seasons, um, I think he had like 1,200 yards and on 72 catches the last time we saw him, 17 touchdowns two years ago. But again, I think he played one FBS school. Maybe they played like Minnesota, I think, in one game. He's uh, 5'11", 184. Against his competition, was he fun to watch? Sure. Do I think he's going to translate to the NFL? Not really. 4'5", 140 at that didn't really wow me. But he's a guy that's gotten a little bit of buzz. Yeah, the other two guys that I've seen names floating around that people seem to like for the Patriots is uh, Amon Ross St. Brown from USC. Oh, yeah. Um, another slot receiver him. guy. Uh, 4-5-140, so he's not blazing speed. Um, but he's pretty good possession receiver. Seems to catch just about everything. Uh, he's good after the catch. And, again, one of those yep. twitchy guys. Um, I think he kind of fits into that NFL slot. I don't think he's going to thrive necessarily, but I think he could fit. And then another guy – uh, that I've also seen floating around there is Tutu Atwell out of Louisville. Yes. He absolutely friggin' flies. Like this guy, I don't I don't know what his 40 time was, but four, like three, when you five. watch was it four three five? Yeah. When yes. you watch him play, he flies. Like he looks he epitomizes like he's extra five. gear. He mm -hmm. epitomizes I oh my comp will always be in person. Bethel Johnson had an extra gear. Yeah. He was running and then he had to do something to either get by somebody or go get the ball. And you're like, wait a minute, I thought you were running your fastest. And then they have a little bit more, a little booster, a little nitro or whatever the uh, drag racers throw yep. into the, uh, into the car. Yep. And I actually, I watched him, but 155 pounds. I mean, 155 a, pounds. A, he's small. And B, again, another one of these guys that I just don't know what exactly where I would put him in my scheme. Right. Like if I'm looking at, I'm like, this guy can fly. He's dynamic. He's a little small. What are we going to do with him? And yeah, that's kind of the big question with him. I'm also not sure he's really a route runner. I think he just yes. says, I'm fast. I'm going to beat somebody with my speed. I'll yep. run here, run. Like, I don't exactly. know that he's polished. So I don't know that that's a fit. Um, but he's one of those classic guys, I will tell you, like training camp or preseason, sign me up to watch yeah. him play because he oh, has yeah. that kind of special speed. Uh, one last name I'll throw out there before I guess we move on to the tight ends. I see the host is getting antsy. Um, oh, I got one. I got one question related to the Patriots on on this position. Oh, okay. I just wanted to throw out um, Shy Smith. I think it's Shy Smith. S H I Smith yeah, out of yeah. South Carolina. Five nine one eighty six. He was a little bit of a buzz right after the Senior Bowl. He had a nice week down there at the Senior Bowl in Mobile. Created a little buzz for himself. It was a four year starter uh, for South Carolina. Hundred and eighty career catches. Twenty two hundred yards. Um, I really like his hands, and I like 
this, this is just me, but when I watch wide receivers and their hands stand out, I always think that's a really good thing because it's you definitely. see other guys, like how many guys she get to the NFL, like, oh, if he could improve his hands. Well, like, yeah. I that's mean, something the, he should have. Right. Like, I, I just receiver, feel like that's kind of his job. If this restaurant had better food, it'd be a great restaurant. Well, then what exactly. the bleep is it? Like, I, I, the bit. So I just, I liked his hands. That's the only reason I mentioned it. Uh, and the last guy I'll mention is Diami Brown at a UNC. Uh, again, yeah. uh, another guy that in like that training camp preseason might get some buzz just because he's a deep ball guy. So he might excite some people. But to me, he looks like a worse version of Henry Ruggs. Like the only routes I felt like he ran were just deep ball routes. Like go run a fly, just go. Right. Or, or some, and so like, I don't, and then, or it would just be a hitch, right? Because they're giving him so much cushion that he's just forced to run five yards and hitch. And like, that's all he did. So that's kind of concerning to me. I don't think he has any route versatility uh, if I'm looking at him. Speaking of concerning, uh, obviously the Patriots haven't had a great track record of selecting wide receivers. Do you have any, are you hesitant with, if they were to do it? It's obviously a need, but do you, you know, if, are you going to be worried if they pick a wide receiver that they're going to be the next Nikhil Harry? You ever hear the old saying, if at first you don't succeed, then try, try again. I mean, it's modern football. You flip and need receivers. They don't, I think we all agree, despite the money they spent, the additions they made, they do not have a number one receiver. They may not have a number two receiver. They may still have a bunch of third receivers on their depth chart right now, depending on what Nelson Aguilar is and what Bourne develops into, whatever. Mm -hmm. So I, I think quarterback and wide receiver, to me, they're the two biggest needs on the team right now. Quarterback and wide receiver. And as it plays out, the way we talk about it, there's five quarterbacks that are going to go in the top half of the first round. There's three wide receivers. If you don't get a chance at quarterback, maybe you get one at wide receiver or vice versa. So to me, these are the positions. But yes, I want them to draft a receiver. Figure out and, and stop being too cute. That's the other thing. Just draft a good receiver. Like, I still don't really know why they drafted Nikhil Harry. The Aaron Dobson, the, the PK Sam mold of, oh, contested catches. This guy can. Now, how about Bill? Bill, you once told me, actually more than once, you like receivers who can get open and catch the football? Draft somebody who can get open and catch the damn football. It's, I don't understand why it's so hard. Like, I feel like people – like, a team like Pittsburgh hits on it every freaking year. They find a guy in the second or third round who can be a number one receiver on just about any football team. Yep. So, it's like – I don't understand why it seems to be so difficult for the Patriots. I agree. You have to keep trying. It's the same and, with quarterbacks. And more and more lately, because Pittsburgh's been great at it for a long time, mm-hmm. more and more lately – a lot of teams are great at it. A lot of Minnesota. teams are drafting receivers, right, who come in, and within a year, you're like, wow, that guy has pro bowl talent. Like, maybe he's not a pro bowl right out the gates, like Justin Jefferson, okay, extreme example, one of the great yeah. rookie seasons. But you're seeing guys that teams are almost immediately excited about, like, oh, this is a receiver we're building the offense around. This guy's going to be part of our offense for the next four or five years. I feel like across the league, people are doing that everywhere. So now it's your turn, Bill. Go get one. Yeah, I agree. You gotta you gotta take shots. I mean, he's been doing it with quarterbacks since the beginning of time, right? He takes even if even when he had Tom Brady, he was still taking shots on quarterback. And occasionally, you're gonna find a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo who's pretty good. And you know, sometimes you're gonna get some Kevin O'Connells, and you're gonna get your Nikhil Harrys, and other times you're gonna get suitable guys. So you gotta keep taking shots at the dart. Keep throwing dartboards. All right, let's move on to tight ends. Uh, Kyle Pitts, and that's it. Uh. 
pretty much. I think that's yeah. a little extreme. You sound a little bit like the text exchange I had with one Chris Scheim earlier today when he goes, so how many receivers do you think we're talking about? And as far as tight ends, I just have pits. I don't care about the other nerds, <laughs> I believe he called them. I literally um, called them nerds, yes. Kyle Pitts is legit, and I will he's say awesome. this. I know he's like a pass catcher. Um, he, he would be the most stunning for me of, I think, any player in this draft if he's not a Pro Bowl caliber player in the National Football League. Like, uh, above Trevor Lawrence, above mm-hmm. Jamar Chase. Like, if you tell me in three years we're saying, wow, how did we all miss on Kyle Pitts? What happened? That would be the stunner of the draft. I think he has absolutely everything. And I know it's the Darren Waller is sort of the comparison everybody goes with, but dude's going to catch passes. Dude's going to be beating people one-on-one, going up high. Another guy, by the way, you know what I like about him? Catches the ball, like his hands, yep. strong Catches hands. everything. So yeah. I love him. And I always, I've always said with Gronk, one of the things people miss, they get all jazzed up about his personality, his size, his this. He catches the damn ball. His greatest asset was his hands, his ability to catch the football. Kyle Pitts has that. So Kyle Pitts, to me, might be the surest pass catcher to the NFL since, hmm, Calvin Johnson? Ooh. I mean, I, I would have been stunned if Calvin Johnson wasn't good, and that is how stunned I'll be if Kyle Pitts isn't good. Yeah, Pitts is an absolute specimen. Just like talked about him, like I, Danny Kelly of the Ringer comped him to Michael Phelps just because it's like it's like somebody genetically designed Kyle Pitts to be the perfect pass catcher. Yep. Like it's just – and he catches everything. Contested, yep. uncontested, doesn't matter. He's going to make the play. Uh, he's he's going to be a stud. There's no question about it. For me, him and Jamar Chase are just like the two surest things in this draft. Where's, where is he going? Him. How high do you think? Um, I think – I mean, I, I think it, I think Atlanta should take him at four if they stay at four, honestly. Um, Agreed. I think whoever whoever's picking it for should take him at four. Granted, somebody might try to trade up for a quarterback, which, you know, whatever you want to do. But I think he should go four. I, I don't think he should go any later than six. Like, if he gets past six, there is something wrong with all of the teams picking uh, down the board. So, I mean, he should go four. Like yeah, I agree. And, I mean, if you're the Bengals at five and you have yeah. Joe Burrow and you're like, should we take – yeah, yeah, you should take him. It's He's like – it's a weird question, right? Because it's like you want to project Joe Burrow. So Panay Sewell seems like the right pick. But Panay Sewell is not the all-pro level talent, all-world level talent that Kyle Pitts is. And right. so it's like in my head, I'm like, I'm going to take Pitts here. The draft is pretty loaded with tackles. We'll get one in the second round or trade back into the first round if we have to to get a tackle for Joe Burrow. Yeah, I don't like to get too caught up in the, the talk, but – you know, Penny Sewell, the talk is, even now, some people think Rashawn Slater is actually a better offensive yeah, line. So I've seen that going around. Them. I mean, Kyle Pitts, the only question is, is he better than the quarterbacks or is he the best yes. prospect? And like, there's almost no questions. And a little nugget, a little nugget I learned about him doing research. And I, I find this telling and I really like it. Transferred in high school because he wanted to play tight end. And he was his first high school was playing him at quarterback because my guess is he was by far the best athlete best on the athlete. field. Whatever right. you play quarterback, you don't see that too often. Like to me, I love these guys that at an early age are like, I know what I want to be. I'm going to do absolutely anything I can to be what I want to be. He wants to be like an all-time great tight end. Mm-hmm. I like that. Like he doesn't have a rap. Uh, he's what was it? Young Joker. He's not yeah. Young Joker like his teammate. He wants to be a tight end. So yes. he's great. Okay. So 
the tight ends are seemingly pretty well slotted. It's Kyle Pitts, huge drop off to Baby Gronk, the local kid, Fryermuth. Um, Can we yeah. stop with the Baby Gronk comparison, by the way? Yeah. I hate that. Well, he wears 87. Don't be so negative. Yeah, he wears 87 and he's a, chi- he's a big white guy. So what? He's not Baby Gronk. He's not, it's not, it's just. Stop. The next thing you'll tell me is Harold Miner wasn't Baby Jordan. Well, they tried to they tried to call Tyler Eifert baby Gronk and that was trash too. Like stop c- trying to compare white big tight ends to Rob Gronkowski. Well, didn't he have? Dumb. I mean, I, I can probably I can pull up his numbers, but wasn't he like to have a drop off this past season? Wasn't he not as good as he was? Yeah, he uh, only had he had three hundred and ten receiving yards, twenty three catches, three ten receiving yards, one touchdown. Yeah. Granted, it was only in four, four games, but I just thought he was more dominant his the year before when he was getting compared to Baby Gronk, and this year it was kind of like he dropped off. Like that was not. Well, a- I, I think part of the comparison would be he is legitimately an all-around tight end. He can block. Yeah. He can catch. He can win in the red zone. Like he's not a a Pitts Waller, you know, Kelsey, you know, pass no. catcher matchup guy. He's more of a real deal tight end, and for the right team looking for that. I think he could be a very good player in the NFL. As a second, third-round pick, I, I think you could say, for example, I mean, Hunter Henry, the Patriots just paid $12 million a year for, and I always like to joke, his next 1,000-yard season, 900, 800, 700, 600-yard season, right? Like, he hasn't paid off, in my opinion, as a first-round talent. I think uh, Fryermuth could be a 35-catch, catch type guy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree with you. I think he is he is well equipped to be an NFL tight end and be on the level of someone like Hunter Henry. I don't he's not going to be Rob Gronkowski. He's not going to be he's not going to play he doesn't play like Travis Kelsey or any nope. of those guys. Nope. Like if you get really lucky and this is very lucky, things kind of break the right way in the right system, like you're like his maximum potential might be just shy of George Kittle. And that's if everything breaks right. And I don't think that's going to happen because it never does in the NFL. That's not how things work. So in my eyes, he plans out more as you're right. A Hunter Henry, he's going to get you 35 catches, maybe somewhere between four and 550 yards, maybe five or six touchdowns. He may end up having one season where he catches like Bob Tanyan this year had like 11 touchdowns. He may have one of those years, but like in my head, he's never going to be, He's not an all pro. He's not a hall of famer. That's not what he pans out to be, but he, right. he has the talent to be a starter in the NFL. Okay. So there's only two other players. I really have much interest in talking about. This is yep. where I'm sort of on Shime's side. A, cause the Patriots aren't in the market for a tight end. Clearly. It'd be yeah. a massive surprise if they took one right. anywhere in the draft. But we have a local guy, Hunter Long from Boston college, who yep. I think people are familiar with Exeter, New Hampshire. And who actually broke out last year when he got away from uh, Steve Adazio's uh, horrific system and got a quarterback <laughs> and an offense and the whole thing. And I think he led the country in catches by an FBS tight end. And then Tommy Tremble from Notre Dame, who everybody watches Notre Dame because they're always on TV kind of guy, um, who I actually think Tommy Tremble has, you know, Fryermuth is like the number two guy. I think he has comparable upside in the NFL. I think he's a really good blocker who – didn't get a lot of opportunities in the passing game at Notre Dame, but I think he could be a sneaky good pick in the middle of the draft. Yeah, I think Tremble's one of those guys where it's like, I'm unsure really what his receiving ability is. But then again, nobody was really sure what George Kittle's receiving ability was at Iowa because all he did was block. 
Right. And so it's like, it's like you could, there could be a lot of upside there, right? Like worst case scenario. I mean, you could possibly make him an oversized fullback. Like it's like one of those things where he blocks really well. Yep. Um, and then it's just a big question mark on his receiving game. So, but that's something that can kind of evolve, especially at the tight end position. Uh, and then I agree. I think Hunter Long could actually be a pretty decent receiver uh, receiving tight end in the NFL. Like, Again, he's not going to be uh, one of those upper echelon guys, but could he be a 30-catch, 400-yard guy a couple times? Sure. Like, he could start, maybe. Um, but I, I just don't see him. He's not the best blocker, but he's fine. Um, so, it, he doesn't excite me by any means. But, like, if you took a fifth-round flyer on him or whatever, like, oh, sure, go for it. Yeah, I think Hunter Long is one of those guys, you know, is he – if a team, if he's your number one tight end, you're on the back you're end. You're on a bad team. If you if he's your number two, you're like, hey, he's, he's not bad. And I think he could maybe play for four teams, and you're going to be like, wow, he's been in the NFL for like 11 years now, had yeah. a nice career for himself. So yep. I, I think he's that kind of guy. I don't want to call him a journeyman or whatever that talent level is because no. more talented than I'll ever be at football So um, and had a really nice season. But, yeah, the uh, I think that's about it. If, I don't know if you have any others you need to talk about. Nope, that was all I got on my list specifically because you told me those are the ones you wanted to cover. Well, bad class and not the year for the Patriots, so I think that makes a lot of sense. Yes, although there is the guy, Trey McKitty, that I thought his name was funny. His name is McKitty. McKitty. That's all I got from him. So we'll have one later in the week on (laughs) cornerbacks, we said? (laughs) Right? Cornerbacks later in the week? So I think we all are in agreement that if – the quarterback dream doesn't get fulfilled. We have more of that with trades up into the top 10 for Justin Fields and everything's still buzz rumors. Oh, they like him. They don't like him. But if that dream dies on the vine, so to speak, are we all in agreement that the next most exciting and probably most appropriate targeting would be the wide receiver position for the Patriots in the first round? No question. Most exciting? Yes, absolutely. Most important? Most valued? Most, most necessary? Most Yes, yes and yes. Uh, no, disagree. Ooh, okay. Sure. You got? I think the linebacker position is much more of a need for them than wide receiver. Whoa. Hmm. Yes. Interesting. We can talk about that in the next podcast, but, uh, or one of the coming podcasts when we get to linebacker, because uh, you button hooked me there. I like some of the guys available, but I think the wide receiver position is a much bigger need, but we'll talk about it in the future. I like it. Good, good tease. Good tease. All right. So we'll, we'll be back later in the week, I think Thursday for another one. And then I think Andy and I are going to do on Friday, wrapping up Bill Belichick's pre-draft press conference. So a lot coming up this week. Busy, yeah. busy, busy. Can't wait. I love it. Draft time's my favorite time of the year. So I'm, I'm stoked for this. That's why we bring you on. All right. Thanks, <laughs> thanks Shyman. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of days.